We are live. It is Parks Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live with Jason Martinez. We have a couple guests today here on this last show before Christmas. It'll be Kevin Kurz from The Athletic, covers the Islanders, covered the San Jose Sharks, worked here in Philadelphia as well. And we got Tone coming on today. Tone's takes and some picks for you. Tone's been shredding this year, so we'll get to that. All the Park Sportsbook best bets. And Park Sportsbook obviously presents Stick to Hockey Live. If you missed episode uh, on Monday, you can go back and check that out. We had a good episode on Monday. It was a lot of fun. And any of the past episodes, you can check them out either on the stream on YouTube or you can go to iTunes, follow and subscribe to Stick to Hockey and Stick to Hockey Live. And it's all presented by Park Sportsbook. And make sure you download the app either on Android or iPhone. Easy to use. So simple. You can get your live in-game play-by-play betting. You know, you can bet on player performances first to score in hockey. Exact score is one that I got to start getting back into when the games start again. I love betting exact score. The only thing with exact score, though, that messes you up sometimes is the empty net goal. And we see teams being more and more aggressive, pulling the goalie. Who was it the other night? Somebody the other night pulled their goalie with nine minutes to go, 9.30 in in the third period to try and get back into a game down two or three goals. I forget who it was. But uh, anyway, per, you know, exact score is another great payout. You put little little bets on them, and if you nail it, it's a huge payout. So check those, those out as well. Plus, you can always bet games straight up, puck line, money line, whatever you want to do, parlays, props, you name it. It's all there. We're going to get into some futures today as well. No games tonight, obviously. Uh, the, the league is on pause. It will return coming up on Monday. The Flyers will not return until Wednesday when they take on Seattle out in Seattle for the first time. So we're going to look at some future stuff with Tone today. we got a whole list of stuff here that we're going to check out. i got a whole list of different stuff for the division, who's going to win the heart, who's going to win the Vesna, what the odds are, who's going to win the West, East, you name it. We've got all kinds of different stuff that we'll go over with Tone. And make sure you follow Parks on Instagram, on Twitter, at Parks Sportsbook, Facebook, and YouTube, you'll get daily specials there. You'll get great content, Natalie and Sam and Rich Gann, and there's so much great stuff, Eddie Alvarez, and so much good content that we're putting out here through Park Sportsbook. So make sure you follow all those different channels. Go back and check out all the different stuff, daily specials as well. So give it a follow on, again, on Twitter, at Park Sportsbook, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So we're hitting you on all different platforms here on Stick to Hockey Live, and we're looking forward to the league getting back after the holidays. It's kind of nice to have a couple of days to just sit back and exhale what's been a pretty, you know, maybe the word is for the Flyers' first half is traumatic. And when we talk to Kevin Kurz, same thing goes for the Islanders. Now, the Islanders were a team that were picked to win the East, or not to win the East, but they represented the East the last two years, but the Metropolitan Division uh, they went to the conference final in each of the last two years, but weird schedule for the Islanders this year. They're actually behind the Flyers and the Devils in the standings. And, you know, starting the year off 13 road games while they waited for the new building to open up, just 22 points on this season, Flyers with 29. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is, and I think we've talked about that on here. I know I've talked about it on Flyers Daily, is that the Flyers have a 10-game winless skid. They have wins over some really quality opponents like Edmonton, Boston. They've beaten Carolina. They've beaten Washington. They've beaten some really good teams. And right now, when you look at the wild card picture, 
They're tied in points with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Columbus has played one less game at 28. Flyers have played 29. They're one point back of the Boston Bruins, but Boston has three games in hand. That's the team that could be the real issue here. But second wild card, wild card two, right now is the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings have 33 points. They played 31 games, two more than the Flyers, five more than the Boston Bruins. So they're likely not going to obviously hang on to that spot. Uh, but Pittsburgh holds on to wild card number one. Meanwhile, the Penguins, 39 points in 30 games. So they've played one more game than the Flyers. They have 10 more points, but they've won seven straight. And one of the things we're going to talk about with Kevin, and one of the things I'm really interested in seeing here when the league resumes is how are teams going to pick up after this pause? Because it was longer than expected. You know, teams shut down and got postponed and because of COVID cases and everything. And they just decide, okay, we'll wait till after the break. Facilities will open back up on the 26th, which is Sunday. And we'll go from there. But how these teams respond uh, to this pause, it could cost a team like Pittsburgh momentum. You know, the Flyers were going to go into this week after, you know, when you look from an opponent standpoint with New Jersey, Montreal, and Ottawa, they grabbed five of the possible six points. But they go into the, they were going to go into this week and be able to measure themselves a little bit and the progress maybe that they've made in their game against the team, good teams like Washington and a streaking Penguins team. Now, in hindsight, maybe that was a good thing that they didn't get those teams because maybe their game wasn't back far enough and it would have cost them standings points. And you'll take them later in the season, maybe when you're playing better. They're going to come back. They're going to take on Seattle. Seattle, not very good. You're going to go on the road and do it. But Seattle's a team that they beat earlier in the season, game two of the season, as a matter of fact. And they beat them 6-1 to one at Wells Fargo Center and Dave Hackstall's return. Seattle on the season, they're in the last spot in the Pacific Division, 10-17-3, 23 points, minus 24 in the goal differential. Then you're going to go from Seattle to San Jose. And San Jose was off to a pretty decent start for the year. Now 30 games played, 15-14-1, 31 points. They've lost two straight. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Maybe it's a good time to catch San Jose. Then you're going to go to Los Angeles, take on the Kings. And they're a team that's maybe overachieving a little bit, but maybe they're on the on the rise again. They're in the fifth spot right now in the Pacific Division. And then you'll wrap up the road trip at Anaheim, who's been no pushover. They've been really good this season. They're tied for the top spot with the Vegas Golden Knights with 40 points, but they've played 32 games. Uh, but they've been playing well, 6-1-3 and three in their last 10. So that's the road trip. Then you'll return home to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. So there's a lot to kind of unwrap here and a lot to kind of, you know, see what, uh, you know, how it's going to play out for the Flyers and how it's going to play out for all of these teams. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting time when the NHL does return. Will we see pauses to the same degree like we saw prior? That remains to be seen. You know, that's the thing. You know, so many players have been infected and already there's still obviously a lot that haven't. But how is this going to play out? over the next couple of weeks, I think is the really interesting part. So we'll see how that happens and how that takes place and what goes on here for the Flyers and for these teams in, in the Metropolitan Division and the Eastern Conference, a lot of intrigue. And you look at this other division, you look at the Eastern Conference and, and the Atlantic Division, Tampa Bay right now. How about this? Tampa Bay, 44 points, tops in the NHL. They won back-to-back -back cups. They've been without Nikita Kucherov yet again. And they're just, and Braden Point for a good amount of time. And they're still getting it done. 
26 and 4, 8 1 and 1 in their last 10. They've won three straight. The Tampa Bay Lightning, could they win three straight cups? Oh my goodness. No, let me tell you, Kevin, this is for today, buddy. This is Thursday. <laughs> Kevin, um, Kevin Kurz is texting me right now saying, is this for tomorrow? No, today is Thursday. <laughs> um, so Kevin Kurz is supposed to be our guest, but he thought it was for tomorrow. Today's Thursday, right? Yeah, today's Thursday. I'm just making sure I got my days right here. Um, but yeah, today is Thursday and Kevin's going to join us. And uh, hopefully he's going to join us. I don't know that he is definitely going to join us now because uh, he said, oh, okay, so he'll join us in just a second. But it, it all gets confusing. The holiday time is chaos. I hope everybody's gotten their Christmas shopping done and gotten everything um, straight and in order uh, in, for the holidays. And I don't know what the hockey gifts are for the holidays this year, but, um, you know, just getting the game back on the ice will be damn fine for us all and we would cannot wait for it to happen uh, to get the game back and you know it's been like the countdown period repeatedly with hockey it's okay we're playing now we're counting down to when they return okay we're playing now we're counting down to when they return again uh, but we'll see how it plays out for all of these teams in the next couple of weeks and uh, leading into the playoffs and it looks like with no olympic participation that's been announced obviously that the, the makeup games, I think there's roughly 50 plus that they will be making them up in that period of time that was supposed to be the Olympics. I, I think the Flyers, yeah, only four games scheduled in the month of February. They play the first and then they don't play scheduled wise till the 23rd. So you could see that Pittsburgh and Washington game fall in there. I imagine we're still going to see some sort of extended break for teams. And this is really come at a weird time for fantasy hockey players because I'm in a fantasy league, and last week they just decided to make it a bye week with so many postponements, and it's it's almost unfair. But we'll see how they figure out this schedule situation with February, how many more games they may need to add to that that period of time when you know they they're trying to make up all this and still end the season on April 29th to begin the playoffs right in the beginning of May, which is not the normal time of year because usually we wrap up the NHL schedule anywhere between the 5th and maybe the 9th of April. Uh, but this year it's going to go a little bit later as they try to do everything they can to get closer and closer to a normal schedule. And joining us right now on Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live from The Athletic. Covered the Sharks for a decade out in the Bay Area, and he's back east now. It's Kevin Kurz who joins us right now. Kevin, how we doing? Good, Jason. How are you? Sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, just getting settled here in New York. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind. So it's, it's dizzying like around the holiday time too, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> well, you only, you only came from the West coast to the East coast, so it's not that far. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's only, only 2,500 miles. <laughs> What's it been like trying, you know, coming back East after all those years out on the West coast, cause lifestyle on the West coast is different. You know, seven o'clock East coast games start at four o'clock out there. Yeah. I'm going to miss that. They've always made it easier. I thought to follow the league living on the West coast because, um, you know, I could watch the first two periods of a game of an East Coast game at home before going back to to when the Sharks would usually play at seven thirty. Um, so we'll 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 see how, how that how that uh, changes the way I'm gonna try and pay attention to the league. But um, I, I do think it was a little bit easier just just for that reason because there were those early starts. See, um, you have an advantage though. You, you're a hockey writer. Like normal people that get off work at five, is that an issue for them? 
Um, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, working a game day, as you know, there's a lot of downtime between, uh, you know, 1 PM and, and 6 PM before I would go back for a seven thirty game. So, um, yeah, that's probably true, but, uh, just the only perspective I'm worried about is mine. So <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're living your life. Nobody else is. <laughs> How did you like the Bay area? And you know, what was hockey like out there from a fan standpoint? Well, you know, the, I always wanted to get back East just because uh, I feel like hockey just feels a little bit more important out this way. Um, but not that, not that there aren't a, 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 there was obviously a very uh, passionate hardcore fan base in San Jose and in many of those other markets as well. Um, obviously LA uh, would typically sell the Staples center. Vegas has built what they've built. Um, but you know, back east and, and being here, I think it's a little bit more. Um, it's more just of a sport, more a sports town feel. Hockey's more ingrained in the sports culture here than than it is probably in you know obviously in California. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm and obviously that's what I grew up around. Um, growing up a Flyers fan and then working for the team for for about ten years. Um, you know, I just miss that excitement a little bit, and uh, and I'm looking forward to being a part of it again. Yeah, there's a vibe around on the right. East Coast. The weather changes more here than it does in you know Southern California or, or in the Bay Area even as yeah. well. Um, covering the Sharks, um, you got to cover some pretty you know legendary players: Joe Thornton, Patrick mm-hmm. Marlowe. We know about the amount of games that he's played. What were those guys like to cover for you? Yeah, um, Jumbo Joe Thornton was was great. Um, you know, it took me probably years. <laughs> Let's see. I guess we were there for eight years. I covered him for eight years. Um, you know, the first few when he's one of those guys that once he gets to know you, he'll open up a little bit. And even then not a whole lot. Um, but also as you know, too, as, as guys get older in age, they tend to be a little bit more forthcoming, maybe a little bit more open with, with their media availabilities. And I thought Joe was like that as, 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 uh, you know, as, as the years went by, um, you know, great, just, just a great guy to cover because, because he did, you know, he was still so effective, for so late in his career. And, you know, I know everyone's making a big deal and rightfully so of, of Alex Ovechkin leading the league and scoring at, at 36 years old. Um, you know, Joe, Joe did that when he was 36 and in, in, in 2015, 2016, he didn't lead the league in scoring, but he finished fourth. Um, I think it was 82 points in 82 games, um, three points behind Sidney Crosby. Um, so, you know, that was a pretty extraordinary achievement. I, I think, I think he got some heart trophy votes that year. And, and, and I think people forget that um, just how effective he was, but um, you know, and Patrick Marlowe was, was a little bit different. He was obviously, um, you know, a little bit less of a character than, than Joe or guys like Brent Burns, uh, who I covered his whole Sharks career up to this point. Um, but always a professional and everyone talked about how professional he was, how much he kept himself in shape. And it was a shame last year with the pandemic, um, you know, not really getting to the the full um, experience of him breaking that game's played record. Yeah. Um, because I think that would have been a, a much more, obviously it was a momentous occasion, but um, you know, had that been in full arenas and, and in front of a home full home crowd, um, you know, which he, he never, the home crowd never got to recognize him for that because um, you know, he's not playing right now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And Brent Burns, another, another one of those characters too, that I imagine was a good guy to cover as well as Pavelski. And, yeah. you know, you covered a cup final with that team. You know, when you look at that team, 
And Kev, you've been around the game a long time. In, in your experience kind of covering teams and watching this league as a journalist, as a fan, to growing up and everything, what, what's the consistent thing that it takes to get to a cup final? There's a little bit of luck involved, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's matchups in the playoffs. Um, yep. You know, for that, for for that, uh, I guess I've been in two of them, right? 20, 2010 was that Flyers team. Um, you know, I was I was doing handing all the web content then that year. And, you know, for them, it was, um, you know, it, it was, it was, they, they had a good matchup in the first round against New Jersey. I remember. Yeah. Um, and then uh, obviously That's the shootouts out. get in the playoffs, they were riding that momentum. And I remember they blew through the devils, I think in five games. And then you get to the Bruin series and it was just a historical Oh three comeback, right. And the reverse sweep there. Um, and then um, it was another good matchup for them in the conference finals against Montreal. And for the Sharks in 2016, it was a little bit different. Um, you know, I think going back to that Flyers run, well, Boston got swept or, got, you know, they got reverse swept and then they won the Stanley Cup. Was it the, the next, next year? Season, right? Yeah. Yeah. 2011. So they had something to prove. And um, I thought the 2016 Sharks were a little bit like that because they got reverse swept by the Kings in 2014. Yeah. And although it was two years later, they missed the playoffs in 2015. They had a little bit of a stealthy, I think they were basically trying to tank for McDavid that year, quite frankly. Um, but then they come back the next season with most of the core guys that had been part of that reverse sweep in 2014 to the Kings. And they play the Kings again in the first round and they got by the Kings. And I think that was a big sigh of relief for that group. And then, you know, they went on to, to win the next couple rounds. So, um, you know, they didn't win the final. They, they got, they were, they were, Pittsburgh was just too fast for them that year in uh, 2016. They had trouble with their speed, but um, you know it, that that run meant a lot to that uh, community just because they had gotten so close so many times and and it always you know crapped out in the playoffs. How much does the Stanley Cup, the run to the final that year, didn't win it, but got to a final? How much did that grow the hockey fan market out there? I imagine a pretty a pretty good amount because everybody jumps on board. Surprisingly, it did not. Really? And, wow. Yeah. The next season. I'm pretty sure that attendance and the TV ratings were actually down from the season before. And that was because of the Warriors. Um, and, you know, I got there, I got to the Bay Area right when the Warriors were becoming this generational team. And that that hurt the Sharks, no doubt. And it's hurt, still hurting to this day, I think. Um, just how how overshadowed they became, even in San Jose, by the Warriors. And... Um, you know, the Warriors, even when they were bad, I, I know when I first got there, they were still a popular team, but, um, you know, you had the Giants winning three World Series in 10 years, uh, two Super Bowls for the 49ers. Um, you know, even the A's were pretty good. Um, so, you know, I know the Sharks are, are San Jose's only team, but it, it's still, you know, people consider themselves Bay Area residents, whether they live in San Francisco, whether they live in San Jose. Um east west all over there um so it didn't really help and now that the team is struggling um you know there's not fans in the building right now um it was they were the smallest crowds in the time that i had been there and i think a lot of that is people are a little bit different about covid there i think they're more hesitant to jump back into normal life than yeah than in other areas but um as a franchise they've got some work to do to reestablish the um you know I don't want to say their relationship with the community, but you know, just they have a little bit of work to do if they're going to um, 
become that stable franchise again because right now I, I think it's a little I think it's a little unstable. Yeah, a little in flux. Uh, right. Let's talk about your new team because you're covering the New York Islanders and boy, Kev, you jump over to a team that's gone to two conference finals. They've, they've arguably, and I, I don't know a lot of people that would argue against it, maybe the best coach in the game and Barry Trotz. Mm-hmm. What he did in, from you know the Doug Waite Islanders to the first year of Trotz was only shaved 102 goals allowed year to year. They went from the giving up the most goals in the NHL to the least, pretty much with the same goaltenders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they get off to the start this year. Obviously, the 13-game road trip to begin the season while the arena's getting finished is a big part of this story. But how much of the story is that 13-game road trip? Yeah, obviously, I wasn't I wasn't covering the team day to day when they were on that road trip. But but people that I've talked to seem to think it was it was massive, and and it was it it, it was the 13-game road trip coming after the delayed playoffs last year, right? Where they played, they lost in the conference final, but that still went until the end of June. Yeah. You know, they were in the, in the bubble in the conference final the year before Um, this team's played a lot of hockey. It's an older roster. Um, So I think that's had a lot to do with it. They, they did have a significant COVID outbreak. They were one of the, the sharks and the Islanders were pretty much the first two teams that had significant COVID outbreaks. Um, you know, I think that maybe played a role. Um, and that, that was the last, that was the last piece I wrote is, um, you know, they lost a lot of defensemen and, and that's, you know, this team is built around its defense core and its defensive structure. And they lost, um, Adam Pellick was out for a bit. Ryan Pulak still out. Um, Andy Green was sidelined. I mean, those are three veteran guys and, uh, you know, they bring in Zidane Ochara who doesn't move like he did 10 years ago. He's struggling a little bit. Other players like a Noah Dobson, um, maybe not quite ready for the minutes he's getting. He's still young, uh, 21 years old, I believe, um, still a little bit mistake prone. So, you know, the 13 game road trip didn't help, but, but there were there were other factors, too, which I think um, have contributed to the slow start. And and it's also the roster construction. You know, I, I think they're too slow on the back end. Um, they're missing Barzell right now. They don't have enough finishers up front. Um, so, you know, the one, the one consistent part of their game from what I've, you know, been able to glean is, uh, is the goaltending with, with Ilya Sorokin's been outstanding and yeah. been a player. So, um, they're fortunate they're getting some saves, but, uh, you know, we'll see how, when, when, when the blue line gets healthy again and, and they get everyone back, uh, you know, hopefully they don't, uh, Hopefully the league as a whole doesn't have to endure too many more COVID outbreaks. Um, we'll see. You know, I tend to think they're too far gone to make the playoffs at this point. You just, mm-hmm. you know, just do the math and you see teams like, you know, Pittsburgh pulling away um, and winning games. I don't really see a path for them to make the playoffs, but, um, you know, there is a lot of hockey left. There is. And, you know, Sorokin, has he kind of, has he grabbed that mantle from, from Varley, from Varlamov? It seems it like, Greece? yeah. 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 Yeah, Varlamov, you know, he missed training camp uh, and then he finally got his first win the other day. Um, so we'll see if he can he can rebound a little bit and they become more of a 1A or 1B. But right now, um, at least the impression I'm under is that, you know, Sorokin is the is the number one right now. And, uh, you know, 26 years old, just his second year in the league. Um, but I think he's going to I think he's going to be the guy here for for a long time. Uh, eye-popping numbers in the KHL, too, before he came over. I mean, eye-popping, like 960 save percentages in significant amount. Just, just, I mean, these these goalies in this division going forward, Kev, are like, 
I mean, you look at Shesterkin, he could be the guy to yeah. win the Vezina this year. You look at Sorokin, you look at Samsonov, you look at Carter Hart, yeah. Mackenzie Blackwood. I mean, this is the goaltending in this division is outrageous. Yeah. And Martin Jones. And Martin Jones, that's right. <laughs> well, let me, they haven't two teams 30 games into a season in the Metro. It looks like they say that that's the best division in hockey, yet two teams in the division have lost, went winless in 10 or 10 plus games. Flyers did it in 10. Uh, mm-hmm. The Islanders went 11. Could you see the Islanders ready to break out of it? Because their last three games, they pushed it beyond regulation. Um, yes and no. Uh, I think they've been better. You know, I think had they hung on uh, in Sunday's game against the Golden Knights and won that game, you know, they're up three to two. It, it, it was it was an impressive game up until the last minute because they 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 it was a two two game. They had a goal disallowed uh, from being offsides. They came right back and scored another goal. Nate took the lead again, um, and then they're a minute away from closing out Vegas. And uh, Shea Theodore's slap shot ties it up, and they lose in a shootout. So, um, you know, it was you got to take baby steps, right, to come out of the kind of uh, kind of a slump that they've been in here for for a month and a half. Um, so that might have been one step positive step forward. Um, you know, they beat Boston, then they you know they lose in Detroit, um, beat the Devils. So. We'll see. I mean, I I think though I certainly think they're better than their record. Um, yeah, I will say that uh, when, when everyone's healthy and and this is still a team that's got some very very good players. Um, and as you said, a very good coach. Um, he in trouble at all? Trots? I don't think so. I, I I've tried to talk to as many people as possible just to get a grip on this team uh, as as I'm jumping into a new beat midseason, which is is not so simple. And I don't talk to I, no one I've talked to thinks he should be in trouble or thinks he is in trouble. So yeah, I, I, mean, I can't were to hit the market. Jeez. I mean, teams would be lining up. Yeah. And, th- and, you know, this is a team too. The way I look at it, th- they made some errors in the way they, you know, tr- tr- trading Devon Taves, um, Nick yeah. Letty leaving, um, you know, M- Jordan Eberle going to Seattle. They, they, they didn't have a good off season, yeah. but I do still think they have a pretty good core and some young players that could potentially make, take the next step. So if this is a year, maybe you just write off this year. Um, they don't have much to call it the deadline, but um, maybe you see what you can get for a couple guys, just explore the market, keep the core intact, maybe get lucky in the lottery um, and, and draft a prospect that could contribute because their prospect pool is a little thin. And maybe you just come back and try to retool in the off season with that same core, put some different guys in place, upgrade the blue line a little bit and, and make another run at it. Um, yeah. I think that might be the most logical or the most, the most likely course of action with this team. Um, they have one of the great hockey minds and tough for a guy to cover the team when Lou's in charge because Lou can, <laughs> controls everything right down to the amount of ice you put in the gl- the cups at the vending station. Yeah, uh, yeah. He is got his fingers in everything. Did you get a welcome meeting with Lou Lamorella? Uh, I, I had a, I had a 20 minute uh, chat with him, just all, you know, just a meet and greet, just uh, kind of an off the record sort of, sort of chat. Uh, just, uh, you know what I did? I told him, um, in 1995, you remember the Claude Lemieux goal against Ron Hextall and uh, and the yeah. old Spectrum from the top of the circles. Yeah, I said I told I told him how much the uh, those Devils teams in the 90s drove me crazy as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> sure, he appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. He, I, I worked for him 
God, it might, it might've been the late eighties when he was running the Providence college hockey school and yeah. he was as controlling then as he is now. But I, yeah. I found him to be kind of an endearing guy in a way. Uh, I know he's, you know, he's very stern and, and Lou gets what Lou wants, whatever Lou wants he gets and yeah. he's savvy, but he's a good general manager. The only problem for you is, there's not a lot of leaks in that organization. No, no there's not. All my work cut out. It's all be a challenge. Um, but um, I, I do hear, you know, I, I just like you, I've talked to multiple people that have worked for Lou in the past from the hockey side. And I covered Pete DeBoer for, I guess, four seasons, four and a half seasons. And Pete loved him. And he fired Pete on Christmas. So, you know, <laughs> and I saw Pete the other day because I went, I ended up, I went to the Golden Knights locker room after Sunday's game and, and just cause I, I wanted to say hi to Pete. Um, and uh, we, we did joke about that a little bit. I, I, I said, I haven't talked to Lou yet, but I know you loved him, even though, even though he fired you on Christmas and Pete got a lot <laughs> out of that because it's, it is, it is true. Wow. Um, How's things at the athletic? I'm I've I talk about it all the time. I'm an athletic subscriber because I think that they provide gr- some of the greatest hockey coverage out yeah, there right now. Good. In yeah. depth, so good. How, how's it been at the athletic for you? Great. Yeah, it's been. Uh, it came along right when I was about to get laid off at NBC. So I'm perfect. I'm luckiest, yeah, I'm the luckiest sports writer alive because I wasn't. I went from one. Jo- I got laid off at one job and started a new one. Um, right when the athletic was was um, starting up in in 2017 18, so this is my fifth season with them. Um, yeah, it's 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 been great. I, I'm the same way. I, I I there's so much good content on our site, and uh, and we have a good group of writers, um, lots of friends of mine. Um, so yeah, it's uh, certainly no complaints from my end. Yeah, I, and I encourage people if you're not a subscriber to the Athletic, absolutely pick it up. It's it's great for hockey fans, whether it's your local team like you're covering the Islanders now, and you'll provide great coverage there, like you did with the Sharks or the national stuff. Pierre LeBron writes great stuff. There's mm-hmm. so much good stuff on there. Charlie O'Connor, of course, covers the Flyers as well. Kev, I appreciate your time today, man. I know it's close to the holidays and everybody's kind of jamming, and you're trying to move in and get some stuff hung <laughs> on those walls. Got some white walls there, man. Yeah, they're all bare right now for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, because I live in New York, there aren't the walls aren't too big, so they don't take a lot to fill you up. You in the city? Um in Queens. Okay, good. Yeah, but I'm close to Manhattan and Astoria. So um yeah, looking forward to getting all settled up here. Well, it's great to have you back on the East Coast. Thanks for doing this, man. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Jason. We appreciate it. All take right. Care. There's Kevin Kurz joining us on the Stick to Hockey Live podcast, now covering the Islanders. We'll check back with them. When the season gets going again, he can get kind of settled and everything, but uh, he provides great coverage. And again, The Athletic does a great job of covering the game. So everybody's got to check that out. Uh, Let me tell you that Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. Make sure you download the app on iPhone or Android. It's real easy to do. You get a $500 risk-free bet just for signing up. Check it out. Easy to use, easy functionality. You don't need to be a wizard on your phone or anything like that. Even those of average intelligence on a smartphone can get it done with the Park Sportsbook app. And make sure you follow them on the social channels as well, at Park Sportsbook on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. It's all there. You'll get daily specials and great content as well. But it is time now for a little new segment we have here on Stick to Hockey Live. And we have a little intro as well. Uh, 
Would you look at that? That's some wizard editing. We bring him in now. Tone, for Tone's takes. What's going on, Tone? What's up, Jason? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, how you been? Thanks for having, good, good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. You're having a good season, brother. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good run so far. You know, hopefully we can uh, pick it back up when the uh, break is over, which is hopefully Monday. So you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I know you see the pause and you see so many teams getting paused and for the handicapper and the people who like to get action on the NHL, it's been a little different because sometimes a team's been on a bit of a longer break than was planned. Um, and, you know, how are teams going to respond with so many players? out? Have you found that affect you, kind of your ability to pick pick winners here? Yeah, especially lately with the COVID protocols uh, happening so late in the day. Um, you you kind of have to wait you know, a little bit into the afternoon to see what's what, and maybe later for the, uh, you know, for the West Coast games, um, especially with the props too. You know, if you, if you know a guy is out maybe on the top line, you have someone on the second line bumping up, you know, moving up in that position, you can maybe look at their shot on goal prop or points prop or assist props. So definitely, definitely an, an, an adjustment. You definitely don't want to put stuff in way, uh, a little too early now with, with, with these protocols. So, you know, it's got to roll with the punches, right? Yeah, once the season settles a little bit and we don't we see less of this, it'll become you know kind of back to the old way. Let me tell people about you real quick. You're born and raised in South Philly. You've been a Flyers fan your whole life, and you got into the handicapping and especially hockey. And your Twitter is uh, at Tones Takes, and you're providing great stuff. How, how about this? Your props record on the season: ninety-two seven and seventy-five plus twenty-six point eight three units, and your overall NHL season record: one sixty one fifty-three and seven plus twenty-two units. Uh, plus $22 and 16 units. So, I mean, pretty damn good numbers, man. Yeah. All things yeah, considered, especially. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I started dipping in into props a little bit last season. You know, I only did like smaller bets on them, kind of feel them out. And then this year I just started making every play one unit. And a lot of, you can find a lot of plus money shot on goal props out there that are definitely, definitely worth it. You know, you look at home road splits, you know, the team's tendencies, especially shots against and things like that. There's a lot of information out there. So, yeah, it's been doing pretty well with them. So, hopefully, we can keep it up. Yeah, I get into it. I love first to score and guys to score goals. I, I love that prop, and I like exact score. But the the empty net goal thing always gets yeah. me on exact score. Yep, yep. Sometimes you get the empty net or sometimes you don't. It seems all, it seems like this year teams aren't shooting for that empty net Yeah, um, as they recently have. I've been burned a couple times on, like, a, not getting a five-and-a-half because of a 3-2 final, you know. But yep. that's that's part of it. Yeah, and teams pull their goalie so early, and you go, "Oh my god, if they score this, I'm going to nail the exact bet at four 2 And then the team just kind of doesn't go for it. I'm like, "What? Come on, you got to send yeah. it to 200 feet. I don't care if you get an icing." <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> let's talk about some of the futures plays because obviously the league's dark right now until coming up on the 27th. Uh, but let's start with you know some of the award winners and and some of the odds there. Let's look at the Vesna because this is an interesting one. You know, just talking to Kevin Kurz, we're talking about guys that could win the Vesna this year and you know who's that going to be you know Vasilevsky's a guy on a really good Tampa team you look around the league at some of the the top goaltenders uh, but right now one that maybe you like is Jack Campbell in Toronto uh, he, he was a guy that I really didn't believe in uh, maybe it's just stylistically the way he plays I don't love his game but that team's a lot better defensively than a lot of people are giving it credit for this year so you like Jack Campbell a little bit back there I do. He's been a stonewall for that team. Uh, he's 15-5-2 this year, 9-3-7 save percentage, 1-9-4 goals against. He's got three shutouts. Um, 
you know, he's had 17.4 goals saved, saved above expected, which kind of shows that, you know, he kind of, kind of tidies up a little bit of the defensive lapses that Toronto still can have. I think if he keeps it up, I mean, like, I think he, he's going to be the difference with the Leafs this year, as opposed to Freddie Anderson, who just couldn't really embrace playing in Toronto for maybe it's the pressure or what, but, you know, you would have him give up the, you know, soft goal every once in a while. But Campbell has been an absolute stud so far for this, this year for them. I've cashed a couple save props on him um, this year. He's been, he's been very profitable. Yeah. So, and, uh- on Park Sportsbook, he's plus six fifty to win the Vesna. Um, it's nice. It's a nice number. It's a nice return. I guess the mm-hmm. guy that kind of stands in his way is probably Shosturkin. Yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Um, hopefully, he can get healthy here. The Rangers. I mean, they're going to be on his on his shoulders. So between those two, I think those are those are definitely two good bets for the Vesna. Yeah, the, and you know, I'm always like tracking the Vesna because I love goaltending. Shesterkin yep. right now, plus 500. Campbell against 650. Vasilevsky actually behind him at 700. And Markstrom out in Calgary is having a great year at plus 800. But uh, 650 on Campbell, certainly some some good value there. Let's talk about the Hart Trophy because this is the one that, you know, is, is a big one. It's the biggest trophy in the game, in my opinion. And, you know, mm-hmm. McDavid and Dreisaitl are, are just shredding right now. But maybe they fracture the vote a little bit again out in, in Edmonton. But there's a guy, 36 years old, who is just unbelievable. And he's not just scoring on the power play. He's chasing down a huge record in Wayne Gretzky's goal record. Alex Ovechkin at plus 400. To me he, right now, he is the favorite. He's tied mm-hmm. nods with Dreisaitl, but the, the odds favorite right now, plus 125, is McDavid. But I love I love this play that you have on Ovechkin. Yeah, I mean he's been there. He's been their horse this year with all the injuries. Backstrom's only played one game. Oshie's only played fourteen. Uh, he's got Ovi's got 20, 22 goals and he has twenty five assists. Usually he has more goals than assists. You know he's a he's a plus uh, he's a plus eighteen. Uh, he's put the Capitals on on his back this year. A lot of a lot of people didn't think the Caps you know thought the Caps were going to fall off a little bit this year, but which they could have. But Ovechkin has just been a been a monster this year. Let's look at, uh, you know, you look at the the standings right now. We're not quite halfway through the season. You know, for the most part, on average, 30 games in. So still 52 games to be played for most teams. And when you look out in the West and you look at that Central, some good teams there. Minnesota Wild have been a good team to start the year. Nashville surprised somebody with that goaltending of UC Soros. They've won seven straight. Colorado's been kind of scuffling a little bit. With the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they can score with McKinnon and McCarr, and they've had McKinnon was hurt for a period of time, and obviously Landeskog, and we'll see what they do at the deadline. Uh, but, you know, a team possibly to win the West is a team that won the cup a couple of years ago in dramatic fashion in St. Louis. And right now they're getting plus 1,000 to win the West. Yeah, this is a team that really not a lot of people are, are talking about. Um, they've had some injury problems this year, haven't really had their full lineup. Uh, but they have a guy like Jordan Cairo is like a young spark plug for them. If if Bennington can get back to his 2019 form, I think when this team, they get Perron back, um, Shenzhen's came back a few weeks ago, they're fully healthy. I think they're a team who can make some noise in the West for sure. And at plus 1,000, I mean, it's, they're definitely worth a flyer because they've done it before. You know, <laughs> they yeah. did it in, you know, started out in January when they won, in, when they won the Cup in 19, they got on that streak and then, you know, beat Boston in game seven. So Yeah, Gloria. 
at the, mm-hmm. the yep. South Philly bar. So Philadelphia bar, yep. Yeah, that's that was our contribution to the cup, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, Bennington just came in and in that game against the Flyers, shut them out, shut them out, yep, yep. And then they would just went on that crazy, crazy run. And yep. you know, I just saw a report today that Tarasenko still wants to be traded, but and he's having a great year. I mean, he's one of the yeah. players of the week. Yep. Um, let's look at another team in the West because you know I was on. TSN 1290 in Edmonton a couple of weeks ago went after the Flyers fired Elaine Vigneault and the host of the, of the show asked me why the Flyers always fire coaches. And I took it a step further tone. And I said, why do NHL teams fire coaches? And I said, because it works. And you yeah. look at what's going on in Vancouver right now. How about mm-hmm. the Canucks winning six straight after being a dumpster fire to start the year, they fire Travis green. They bring in Bruce who's done this before. Uh, did it with Washington back in the mid two thousands to take them, uh, turn their season around, and looks like he's turned around right now. And I, I imagine this is kind of a, a soft play for you, but with a huge return plus five thousand for the Canucks to win the West with Thatcher Demko and and Bruce Boudreau behind the bench. Yeah, if they can get in, this team's going to make some noise. I I, I like their makeup. Uh, I like their guys up front. They need to get Pedersen going. Uh, I like the um, Ekman Larson and Garland additions. Um, you know, Bruce has them playing very good hockey, six and oh, um, 3.5 goals per game, 1.7 goals again, since he's been there and Demko, he got on that run in the bubble in that Vegas series. He was just, I think there was a couple games. We had maybe 50 saves. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm high, I'm high on him. He's one of the best young goalies in the league, I think. And if this team gets in, I think they can make some noise. So yeah. definitely, a, definitely a good, you know, a good long shot bet. But I mean, how often do we see teams who change coaches during the middle of the year, make a cup run? So this is one team that I think can do it. Maybe the Jets too, but uh, you know I, I think the uh, the Canucks are a, a decent bet if they get in. Yeah, I would agree. And they're a team that you know when Bruce gets there, the, his teams are going to score. And so mm-hmm. much is predicated on Pedersen and Hughes and and yep. all those guys, and he will get a lot out of them. Bruce does a yep. real good job with that. He's going to a conference final in Anaheim. Yep. Uh, so we'll see if if they can, yeah. you know, get in and, and really they're not going to be a team that anybody wants to play. Let's look at right. the East because, you know, one of the teams that's in the Metro wasn't in the in the same division with the Flyers and the Caps and the Pens last year um, in the Mass Mutual East. But it's Carolina. They're back. Brindamore's obviously back. They're off to a great start. I think structurally, Tone, they're one of the best teams in the mm-hmm. league. They are what they are. They bring in Freddie Anderson to – solidify that goaltending position and he's done really well they're sitting in the top spot right now in the metro tied uh, with the caps and points but two games in hand i'm surprised the canes are only plus 700 um you know that the odds aren't you know the return would be lessened uh for them to win the east but they look like a team not only that can do it but is built to do it Mm -hmm. yeah i love their style of play they're a very tough team to play against like if i'm looking at like a player prop or like a shot on goal or something like that I will not bet that player if they're playing the Hurricanes. It's just their puck possession style. Um, recently, the weakness has been their goaltending with Brazic and Medelkovich. Um, Freddie Anderson's also a great start. Um, hopefully, he can sustain it. If he can, I think this team is uh, is a good bet to win the East. You look at um, – they've lost to Boston and Tampa the past three years in the playoffs. Uh, those teams aren't as deep this year anymore. So, I think if, if they come across Tampa Bay in a playoff series, I think the Kings are going to be able to handle them this year. Um, and a lot of times when you expect the team to get to the finals, like Carolina the past few years, you know, it may, it gets to a point where when people don't expect them to win, that's when they do it, you know? So yeah. 
I like I like the Canes so far in, in the East, definitely. Yeah, I mean, what do you what do you look at with a team like Toronto because they are they have the best odds or the the worst odds in a way, plus three fifty to win the East. But we know Toronto has not won a playoff series in a long time. And we every year you look at it and you go, how this team looks different this year. They look better. They are better defensively. We talked about Jack Campbell. When you look at Toronto, I mean, it's going to be just tough to come out because you're going to have to deal with Tampa in there as well. And they look poised, Tampa, to be the representative of the Eastern Conference again and try and win a third straight cup. Those two teams crazy. Yeah. Could could it could be a, just an absolute war if they were to meet up? Yeah, it would definitely be an entertaining series for sure. Uh, it's 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 wide open, you know, both sides, you know, east and west. The league is wide open this year. Um, the Leafs, I mean, yeah, they've had their playoff uh, problems coming up, but um, you know, I, I I'm high on Campbell. I think he can be the difference for them. Um, and then who knows, maybe they'll make some additions at the deadline. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens. Well, what do you think of the uh, the Flyers' odds in the division to make the playoffs? Let me look at it right now. I'm looking on the Park Sportsbook app. When you look at the Metro, they're not going to win the Metro. But, mm-hmm. I mean, th- their math is not that difficult. Kevin Kurz just said that when we had him on who covers the Islanders, that the math is really difficult for the Islanders to make the playoffs. And it probably is because they're so far back and they had that 11-game winless skid. But the Flyers only four points back, but Boston's in between with some games in hand. Flyers is the math too difficult for the Flyers to to make the postseason in your opinion? I, I mean I still think they can get on a run. I thought they were going to have a good year coming in. I mean Hart has looked great this year. You know they still have to shore up their defense, but hopefully they get Ellis back and you know he does that. Um, you know I like the I love the Atkinson ac- acquisition. It's kind of giving them a little bit of a spunk up front. Um, so I mean I I mean they've been playing well under Yo. They've been scoring goals. Um, you know so they're they 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 are definitely still in in the mix. I think, yeah. definitely still in the mix. You know, so yeah, that month of January is going to really tell the tale, and mm-hmm. they they don't have the brutal schedule that they had. I mean, that schedule they had was just during the ten yeah. game winless skid. I mean, it was insane. Yeah, yeah. they just got to beat the teams that that they should beat, and then you know, go from there. I mean, they do match up pretty well with some of the teams in in their division. They always play Washington well. Um, they usually hang in with Pittsburgh. The Islanders give them fits, you know, but, you know, Carolina, they've hung with Carolina. You know, they beat them already in Carolina. So, uh, you know, if they can get going, I still think – I mean, I don't think they're going to win a division, like you said, but they can still get into that last – maybe last playoff spot. Because Detroit, yeah. I think, has that last playoff spot right now, which I think they're going to fall off. So Yeah, I can't – that doesn't look sustainable in Detroit to me in right. any way, shape, right. or form. I mean, five games yeah. in hand. I think Boston's only, what, two points back and five games in hand on Detroit. Uh, yep. So they're not going to hang there. I don't think Columbus is going to hang around in the picture that much longer either. You're starting no, to see that separation. They yeah, they can't keep the puck out of their own net. They're scoring goals, but they can't keep the puck out of their own net. So. Yeah. Right, Tone, this was awesome, man. Tone's Takes. Follow him on Twitter at Tone's Takes, T-O-N-E-S, Takes on Twitter. And uh, we'll be looking for your picks there. And we're going to talk again soon, Tone. Best luck uh, cashing them. And once the game gets going again, get back on the ice. We'll look at individual games and some props in-game and stuff like that. We appreciate the time. Have a great holiday, man. Thanks, man. You too. appreciate it, Jason. Take care. There he is. Tones takes on Stick to Hockey Live. Great insight there. He's got Jack Campbell at plus 650 on the Vesna on the Park Sportsbook lines. Alex Ovechkin plus 400 for the heart. The Blues at plus a grand to win the West. And a little flyer, how about on the Canucks at plus 5 
thousand to win the West. If they get in, they could be uh, an interesting team. And then the Hurricanes at plus seven hundred to win the East. So there's Tone's takes for you on this episode of Stick to Hockey Live. Let me tell you about Parks and the Sportsbook app. Make sure you download. Uh, the app, use it on your phone, or just head to parkscasino.com slash PA. All the info is there, real easy to sign up. You get a $500 risk-free bet just for signing up. Again, it's simple, no promo required, just deposit. And if you lose, that first bet is risk-free up to $500. And you can put it on all kinds of different stuff. You put it on futures, you can put it on individual player performances, on games, puck line, you name it, all there for you. And make sure you follow Park Sportsbook on all the different social channels on Twitter, at Park Sportsbook, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube get the great content there, get daily specials insight. It's all there for you on all the different social channels as well. Everybody, I want you to have everybody to have a really, really great Christmas, a good holiday weekend. We'll be back Monday with another brand new episode of stick to hockey live Monday and Thursday next week at 1 PM. And uh, the game will get back underway coming up on Monday as well, which is the 27th flyers will be back in action coming up on the 29th in Seattle. A little late-night hockey to start the uh, new year for the Flyers. 29th against Seattle at 10 o'clock. And San, San Jose on the 30th at 10.30. Give me some late nights for me, man. And then uh, January 1st in L.A. at 10.30. And then they'll wrap up that road trip against the Anaheim Ducks at 10 o'clock coming up on January 4th before returning home to take on the Penguins on January 6th. So that's going to do it for this episode of Stick to Hockey Live. Everybody have a great Christmas. We'll talk to you on a brand new episode coming up on Monday. Enjoy the holiday, and we'll talk next on the next episode of Stick to Hockey Live, presented by Park Sportsbook. We're spending years ago, and I have told you this world.